right, let's jump right into it. The Week 13 Waiver Wire Report. We're going to break it all down for you once again here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Episode 23, Dan Claskins, James Adams. We're with you every Tuesday during the season here. Dropping the podcast. If you're new to the program, we appreciate you. Welcome into the show. Our loyal listeners definitely appreciate you too. You can subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, InsiderFootball.com, to name a few. And James, here we are, bro. We're just talking about it before we start recording. Getting down to the nitty and gritty. Now, we do have that bonus week this year. And for most of us, that's an extra regular season contest uh, in our many of our leagues here. And uh, that's always a good thing. But, I mean, you're taking an assessment of your fantasy portfolios right now trying to see all right, uh, I'm in the playoffs, I, I, I'm on the bubble, I'm out. Uh, you really start taking some stock in your teams at this point of the season. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, as we were talking about getting ready for this waiver wire report this week, it's about what do you need and when do you need it? Because there's going to be players we'll talk about that maybe are, you got to go get them this week. But if you've already clinched a playoff spot and their playoff stretch run doesn't look that tasty, maybe you're completely avoiding them unless you're, you know, um, just got a wide open roster spot. So yeah, it's all about, am I playing for this week on the waiver wire and in my fantasy league and roster adjustment? Obviously, once you set your lineup, you're playing for this week, or am I playing for the playoff push run? And uh, I'm happy to say, I think I'm playing for the latter in a couple places. Yeah. Maybe you're just playing spoiler, you know, like the, if you, uh, sometimes if I'm knocked out of a league, that it is inspiring to know that I can maybe knock out one of my buddies as well. Uh, but Either way, whatever you're playing for, we're here to help you win. And definitely, uh, it is getting that critical point of the season. So you're starting to stress those decisions. You can get us here, obviously, at the beginning of the week. You can catch us on Saturdays as well, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Although this week, we're back in the old time slot. Bonus hour, 10 a.m. Eastern, three hours of fun on there on Fantastics. Of course, hit him up on Twitter, at JamesAdams94, me, at Dan Claskins. And James, uh, let's just dive right in and... I mean, injuries are going to play a big talk into the waiver wire, but really before we get to any of that, uh, Turkey Day, it was obviously uh, came and went three pretty, I guess, at least decent games uh, in terms of some fantasy goodness in each of them at at some point. But uh, overall, uh, Turkey Day came and went. We got through last weekend slate. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries piled up, some surprises as well, but uh, before we get to all the injuries, I mean, just in general, looking at last week, I mean, I was all right on my betting side of it. Uh, I broke about even. I actually finished on the winning side for the uh, first time in a few weeks, barely. So there were some things I got right, some things I got wrong. Fantasy, pretty decent, but still, I'll tell you right now, dude, these Thrive Fantasy props, you and I do this contest back and forth. Last week, bro, it was there was no change. We got goose eggs. Like if people would have listened to all of our picks and went opposite, they would have been contending to take down the main slate because I was 0 for 3, actually 0 for 4 if you count my icebreaker pick. You were 0 for 3. You did hit your icebreaker pick, but it didn't come into play this week. So uh, we'll make some prop picks a little bit later. Maybe we can get that right. And now that if you're falling out of it, James, that's a great opportunity to get involved over there. Our partners at Thrive, uh, if you haven't played yet, you got to check out the prop lobby. You got to get in on this main slate. This week, they've got a $40,000 guaranteed contest, 20 bucks dinner. First place takes home 10 Gs. Use the promo code FANTISTICS. You get 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100. Check that out. But, uh, James, this past week, I mean, outside of the injury stuff, just things that really caught your eyes, some statements you thought. Maybe there were some teams that really, in a bad way, 
uh, fell up short to you. I mean, what were some of your final observations coming out of the week? Well, I mean, obviously, having gone to the Bengals game, I got to say that uh, that was a big time uh, statement game for the Bengals to really back up what they did in Pittsburgh. And of course, I'm stoked about it. But some of the other takeaways, maybe Cam Newton just is uh, not was not on rosters for a long time for a reason. Uh, the Tennessee Titans maybe have finally had too many players hit IR, or maybe the, the New England Patriots really are. After one year of missing Tom Brady, one of the front runners in the AFC again, uh, those are definitely some big takeaways. The lack of production from Jalen Hurts after we had finally anointed him a real NFL quarterback. And I know there were some drop, drops by Rager, but the fact that as soon as everybody's like, oh, you know what? This guy's actually uh, the real deal. It turns around and says, nah, just kidding. And then you had the uh, the night games, the two the two Sunday Monday night games that, frankly, was just bad football. <laughs> like we've had some bad primetime football because even the Monday night week before was not that great. Yeah, well, that's going to change hopefully next week. We'll talk about that uh, as we preview the slate. But all very good points. Uh, you really touched on a lot of the things there. I mean, the Colts Bucks game was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was funny because the, the, as bad as the production was in that Bucks passing a game. The over, the things that the, the final score of the game, the the way it sort of played out on the scoreboard really went the way I anticipated, just not necessarily in the route that which I have a thought. So Leonard Fournette coming up with the big day. Another one of these big four touchdown days on the running back side, which has been pretty timely for me uh, because my uh, Scott Fishbowl team uh, where I lost Derrick Henry now is being carried suddenly by Leonard Fournette, which uh, as you know, and from Fournette's standpoint, I mean, he had we just I think we talked about. It. I don't know if it was here on our show, just how he sort of cooled off in recent weeks after he was holding steady, and now he's right back at it there, James. And that was uh, definitely pretty impressive for me. Uh, you mentioned the the Bengals. I mean, Joe Mixon, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I know we've talked about this, and it's more, even more timely now. And we'll get to some of these injuries, but. Everybody and their brother was dropping him around further than they should because of his durability concerns, and yet drafting uh, you know top two picks in the draft that had the same durability concerns with no concern. And uh, I think at this point, uh, that's looking like a grave mistake. And uh, Joe Mixon, I, I continue to think he's going to pound it down the stretch. The Bengals coming out of this bye week with uh, a new identity here, and I, I really am excited to, to what all that could lead to. But uh, overall, I mean, I think you look at uh, what we ha- have here. It's just another week of the NFL. It's like, who knows what the heck's going to happen, mm. right? And uh, it was nice to get Cordero Patterson back on the three or four teams where I relied on him. And uh, I'll tell you this, James. I took a lot of heat on Twitter uh, early in the season on Elijah Mitchell and you know going all in on him. And in some places, I picked him up before that Sunday game injury there. Uh, and at one point I had him on about half my season long teams. And you know what? Uh, I'm not, not that I, you know, like to toot myself, uh, toot my own horn here, but <laughs> let me reach over with my long arms and pat myself on the back. Cause I can definitively say, uh, at least to the 12th week of the season, there has been no better way to spend a fab budget right now than on him. And it's funny in a couple leagues where I missed on him in that week, I got Cordero Patterson and, uh, for even cheaper. So those two guys alone have just been phenomenal phenomenal off the waiver wire so but enough of uh, all that let's talk about some of the injuries because that's really makes the flow of everything else we're going to talk about here on the podcast today there and 
you know, as we sort of tease it here, uh, I mean, the biggest injury news of the week, once again, it comes in the wake of Christian McCaffrey landing on the season-ending injured reserve. He was placed on injured reserve for the second time with an ankle injury. And his days of being the number one overall pick, they're done. The question is, I mean, is he even a first rounder coming into next year's draft? I mean, this guy, uh, he, he won't play any bit hurt. And I mean, I think we're all a little shocked that he's uh, ended up here on injured reserve coming out of that game. Dalvin Cook, he's hurt again. He could miss at least the next two weeks, potentially more with his injury, uh, with the shoulder there. And uh, of course, you know, uh, we got DeAndre Swift, who got dinged up on Thanksgiving which was a, a super buzz kill for me because I had him uh, in that captain's chair on a few slates. And, uh, I mean, I doubt he – it looks like a multi-week issue here. I mean, it's very iffy for this week, the very least. So, Jamal Williams getting back on the on the grid there. But, I mean, before we get to the replacements and what the waiver wire should look like, I mean, what's your thoughts on these high-end options of – Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook once again disappointing the fantasy world here. I think both are probably still going to be first round draft picks next year because of their upside and the fact that we know that uh, running back is a very volatile position. And it's actually interesting uh, in one of my league chats, it's a hundred man league, the kaleidoscope league I've talked to about uh, a little bit. There was actually some conversation about it and there has been a lot of underperformance out of the first couple of rounds and it's just, it doesn't matter. You can pick your poison. You've got guys, now I get it, not playing and being hurt is different than underperforming a little bit, but still giving you something. But you can pick your poison, and it's been disappointing in almost every facet, one place or another, whether it's a Devontae Adams pick or a Tyreek Hill pick even, where those guys have left you hanging a little bit in, in spots. So I don't know that they're going to move out of the first round. I think Christian McCaffrey will still be a first rounder next year. I think Dalvin Cook will be too, quite honestly. And I, And you know what? As much as it stings to see DeAndre Swift go out right now, don't be shocked if he's one of the first-round running backs next year, too, as we talk about all three of these guys. Sure. I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, he, he's such a stud. And, I mean, we'll see. There's a lot to be sa- said. I mean, what Absolutely. these teams do, how they're built to make up. I mean, lots to come for next year's draft. But rest assured, uh, Alexander Madison, a handcuff, I mean, he, to me, We've seen him in weeks three and seven when Cook went down earlier this year. We've seen years past. Cook goes down. He steps right in. He becomes a, a fantasy option. So he's the guy that you want in that Minnesota backfield. I know a lot of Cook owners handcuffed him. I got to be honest. The only draft I even ended up with Dalvin Cook outside of best balls was my very last draft, my hometown, my longest league, the couch potato football draft. And I had the number two pick, so there wasn't a ton to think about, but I was like, oh, I finally get a share of Dalvin Cook. And I had intentions of grabbing Alexander Madison, but somebody drafted him in like round eight or nine, dude. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like he was like RB29 off the board or something. Uh, So, I mean, I got scooped on him. He was never off the wire, but hopefully most of the Cook owners out there have been able to get him. James, if he is available on the waiver wire this week, which apparently is, because I mean, you're talking about 48% uh, free agents here when I was looking at it last night on Yahoo!, so, I mean, clearly to me, Madison is the first grab off the wire. But how do you rank him against, you got Shuba Hubbard, who I, I get it worked earlier in the season, but I am concerned about Amir Abdullah this time. Plus that offense hmm. is sort of looking like dirt. So I think Hubbard is still the guy to have there, but I don't like him as much as Madison. I think he's more of a back-end RB too. You've got these Detroit running backs that are still out there. Matt Breida, who's ascending. 
Jamal Williams in for DeAndre Swift. Boston Scott still seemingly having a role in Philadelphia out there on a ton of waiver wires. I mean, how do you rate through those guys? And, and I mean, how much fab are you spending and what you got left to get them? It again, this is exactly where you have to look at your team and what your need is. Now, if you're a mad, if if you have one of those three running backs, and I guess McCaffrey wouldn't matter since he's out for the year, but if you have either uh, Swift or if you have uh, a Cook, I I think maybe their replacement has to be your number one priority, and you're spending, I mean, well over fifty percent of whatever your Fab is remaining, especially if you don't need any Fab to make ad drops after you know the Fab runs, and that's an important thing to think about too when you think about spending your Fab is do you need to keep any of the side or not. Make sure you know your league rules. I think if you're just putting these guys in a vacuum without each team's scenario, well, you can't do that because then I think the next stage is you have to look at what your – when do you need to win Um, because Hubbard's on on bye this week. He has a good matchup next week, and then he really doesn't have any more good matchups following that, in my opinion. So if you're desperate for volume, he's a decent play. But I'd say it's Madison first, Williams second – both of them have already played their bye with Hubbard having his bye this week, and both of them have a better schedule moving forward. So even though neither one of them could have that great volume, I just don't know that Hubbard's the guy for me because if you look at that schedule, outside of their first game after the bye, it's really not good for a running back. And like you said, that offense is absolutely garbage right now. I mean, I think it's going to be P.J. Walker. I think Cam Newton, when they pulled the plug on him, I think that's that's that. We'll see, but that's my expectation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the good news is, is regardless if you have those guys or not, there's an abundance of potential waiver wire options that could be helpful here at running back, mm-hmm. one of fantasy's big positions. And, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, if you're in a PPR league, he's still out there. Matt Breida, these guys, I think, are flex options potentially that aren't really tied to an injury. I mean, we saw Zach Moss, a healthy scratch on Thanksgiving, wow, uh, which was really surprising. Uh, uh, and, you know, I, I just... I'm not feeling, I mean, Breida's had a couple nice things. He's clearly emerging, but uh, with the three of them there, if Moss gets back on good graces and Allen's taking away his goal line carries, I mean, you could really burn you putting him in the lineup. Yeah, and uh, Breida's not a guy you would spend in more than, you know, two or 3% of your fab. I mean, he's a nice grab way. and, it, you know, using a pinch, but, you know, you're not going to count on him like you might Madison for a couple weeks or absolutely Hubbard. I mean, uh, definitely a guy that uh, has probably started worthy, but even he has risk to it as both these Tennessee backs. Uh, but all nice pieces at other positions. I mean, besides them, now's the time to look at some of these other handcuffs that have yet to gain value if they're out there in your league now that we're getting mm-hmm. through guys. Guys like Samaj P. Ryan, Daryl Williams, Jeff Wilson, Kenyon Drake, Sony Michelle, the name a few. Um, but at other positions, James, I mean, wide receiver continues to be trash. There's really not a good name I can come here with. I mean, what am I going to say? Marquez Valdez-Gantling and Russell Gage? I mean, is that really what I'm going to tell people to pin their fantasy hopes on right now? Here was the one. The one I was looking at was Laquan Treadwell. I was like, "Here's here's a retread guy who couldn't even get on that roster now." But Jacksonville's got everyone hurt, right between Arnold, Chark, and Agnew. And I don't know that it's going to happen, but he's like in line to have that Bashard Perryman end of the season, like Perryman had a few years ago when all the injuries happened in Tampa. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I was looking at that Jacksonville receiving core because I was trying to find something with Arnold out. Agnew just went out, you know, recently before, and it's like, God, all these former top prospects like Tavon Austin and uh, and Treadwell. But I'm not. I can't actually. Just like you just said, am I really going to tell somebody I put them in their lineup and, and trust it? Uh, no. Well, we still got bye weeks to deal with, right? There's there's four this week mm-hmm. uh, with Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee. Four more next week. So we still have 25% of the NFL teams 
here, eight out of the 32 that are, over these next two weeks, they're going to take buys. So uh, add in depth is a good thing for sure. And just, you know, right now, definitely putting your, if you got the bench spots, you're through the bye weeks. Now's the time you put those backup running backs there. Like I said, that receiver is pretty dicey. I mean, um, not really anything stuck in out there. At tight end, I mean, if Foster Morneau, if you're a Darren Waller owner, might be a good grab if you're a little desperate. Uh, but really, James, another position that, I mean, you got Jack Doyle sitting there, I guess. Uh, he seemed to emerge himself as the probably number two target. You know, yeah, actually. and Mo Cox has disappeared, so he's yep. droppable. But, I mean, man, tight end is just a crapshoot in its own right. And a quarterback, I mean, this is the same old guys there. I mean, the only new addition really could be Taysom Hill, which is prepping to be the starter here potentially for the Saints. And as ugly as that might look in real football, that could lead to fantasy success with his rushing floor there. So if you're needy at a quarterback down the stretch, I mean, he's probably a good grab. Mac Jones is still out there in some leagues and continues to play some pretty good football. But uh, the waiver wire is this time of year, it's thin and it's very thin. And, you know, I think as you look at some of the injury situations around the league and let's just catch you up on some of the notes we didn't get to here, but I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, we saw him leave the game. He came back in. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes on him with that leg issue there. We're obviously keeping our eyes on Kyler Murray coming out of the bye week. Everything's looking good for him and Justin Fields, I think to return to action. So Zeke Elliott, it's been nursing a knee injury for a month, but he was a full participant today in practice, James. And it, on a Thursday night game, it looks like Zeke's going to once again be leaned on here. But there is some concern about Amari Cooper. Uh, they're saying that he's, uh, you know, some reports that he's going to be back, others that he's still experiencing like symptoms. But if he is, why well, don't I don't understand why he's at the team facility? That's a little a bit of a head scratcher there. I would agree. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of question marks around the Cowboys side of this football entering this game in regards to injury and COVID, even with Mike McCarthy uh, out this week because of COVID himself. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting situation and one to monitor. And, I mean, I, obviously, if you're talking about, as you know, certainly we'll talk a little survivor. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about against the spread and all that stuff. Uh, definitely Saturday, if not, uh, well, obviously, with this game before. I mean, that's certainly something to keep an eye on is is – how many people are playing? Now, I will say this. If Dak is good to go, right, he stays away from all that stuff. He clearly looked decent enough, not not enough to win the game, but enough to be a good fantasy option for you. So as long as he goes and, and some of his options, because whether it's Brown or Wilson uh, or it's Lamb, Gallup, Cooper, Schultz, Jarwin, I mean, Dak continues to get it done. So you're, you're worrying about the other options. Keep an eye on that. But yeah, as far as as far as the offense goes, I still uh, I still would lean on my guys. That I mean, maybe even Pollard at this point, depending on who all plays. Yeah, it, man, there's just a ton to track. And as we get you caught up on just the news from today, especially around that game, I mean, Daniel Jones. Here's another one. Tom Pelissero reporting that uh, he suffered a strained neck in Week 12 that could jeopardize his Week 13 availability there. So. Um, that is obviously not good news. We saw the Giants grab Jake Fromm off the Bills practice squad today. So that's telling me something could be happening there. Jaguars have placed Dan Arnold with his knee on injured reserve. He could technically be back in week 16, but his fantasy seasons for the most part over here. Uh, and then, of course, the situations uh, with the Saints here. Good news on Mark Ingram. He returned to practice today as a full participant. For the second straight day, Alvin Kamara, a limited participant. Uh, and, you know, I do think it will be a little, we'll see what the situation is with Kamara. 
And, you know, really just uh, whether he plays, if he does, how much he'll be used in this game. I continue to say as an Alvin Kamara owner in a few key spots, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him sit one more game, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I mean, let's get him feeling close to himself, to, uh, but we will see. The, and then, of course, we talk about Taysom Hill. He uh, He's yet to be officially named the starter, but an increasing amount of snaps there indicate that they could be heading that direction. We got Pat Fryermuth in the concussion protocol today, which was new information there. The tight end, uh, one of the few lone bright spots of the Steelers, at least he got in the end zone last week against the Bengals and that blow up uh, they had there. And Sterling Shepard, uh, there's hope that maybe he can get back on the field this week for the Giants. And there's a receiver, James. I know he's been dinged up, but I mean, pretty much when he's out on the field and he's, and he's healthy, he is a guy that is in the mix. I mean, he could easily come in it, right that first game and get eight to 10 targets and not surprise anybody. So you know, we, talk, we talked about desperation at receiver. Maybe uh, that's not a bad option to turn if you need it. But uh, any further thoughts on waivers or injuries from this week before we look ahead to week number 13? Uh, you know, I'm looking at that uh, Debo injury. I'm interested to see if maybe people with Ayuk and Kittle uh, finally get some payback. I don't know if anyone with trades still available. Maybe Kittle can come out of that funk and get it going. And you talked about Taysom Hill, and I know we talked about it a little earlier too, but with what Trevor Simeon has had to work with, and particularly on uh, Thanksgiving where he had no Kamara or Ingram, like, I cannot blame him for that. And moreover, can I get excited about what Taysom Hill brings to the table? I know he can be a very good fantasy asset because he runs the football. I don't know. Would you? But is he a guy you really want to pick up if, in a one quarterback league right now? Mm, probably not. I mean, yeah. Unless I'm really desperate. Yeah. I mean, that's picking I picking up and starting are two different things. I guess very. That's very true. And having him at this point, if you've got somebody like you know whoever Dak or even well, I don't know Jalen Hurts because his buy still comes next week, but somebody whose buy has passed um, that you're confident with a QB and you just want to have somebody in the fold. Okay, maybe it's fine to pick him up. And you know, there's always that upside, and it prevents the upside from from uh, coming to fruition against you in the playoffs too, right? No doubt about that, my friend. No doubt about that. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to what lies ahead here in week number 13 and looking at some of them great matchups, the slate, and uh, sort of getting a first look at some of those props over at Thrive Fantasy. And let's start here with uh, the Thursday night game. Dallas is at New Orleans, as I mentioned. Uh, that total is 47.5. Dallas currently a 4.5-point favorite. Of course, both teams played on Thanksgiving. So they actually do come into this on sort of a normal week. Their long week will be after this week. Uh, but uh, I think in many cases, these teams are wishing they were playing on Sunday, especially in the case of Dallas, where they're dealing with the COVID breakouts and ramifications still. And then you get a, a wide variety of games there uh, with the four teams on tap. We will have, I believe, six one o'clock games, 1 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you mentioned the Chargers at the Bengals, James. Uh, another good one here, Cincinnati, only favored by three. This Chargers team's been a bit of enigma. It's like every other week they're good, and it's usually on the road. This is a week where they should be good. It is on the road, so I don't know. The three points, uh, if I had a bet, it was the Bengals, but uh, the Chargers remain one of those teams. It's like every time I, I start trusting them, they show me not to, and every time I don't trust them, they look like man beaters. Yeah, now you've got me very concerned as I'm one of three people left in Survivor and I was going to take the Bengals, especially knowing that, well, A, I'd be there. 
B, uh, the other two teams can't take them, so it guarantees differential against them. But I know we talked about this last week. It's probably too late to be thinking about that kind of thing. Just survive. Figure it out again next week. You got me nervous because you're right. And then I think about um, – I mean, it's just so long ago, but a Bengals-Chargers game that was absolutely electric with Ocho Cinco and LaDainian Tomlinson, and the Chargers came back from, like, down 21 and a half. Yeah. Well, last year, the Chargers won 16-13 in Cincinnati. In 2018, they won 26-21. That game was in L.A. And then, uh, or maybe, was that L.A.? Or I guess San Diego. I don't even know. Uh, that would have been L.A. two years ago, I believe, because they were playing in that soccer stadium. Uh, they were playing in LAFC stadium. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Or the Galaxy, I can't remember. Either way, they were playing in one of the MLS stadiums until uh, until uh, SoFi was built. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not trying to talk you out of anything, for the record. I'm just saying uh, th- I think that game is definitely one uh, of interest. And then, sure. uh, obviously, uh, Arizona, like I said, I'm really anxious to see, is Kyler Murray back? Is DeAndre Hopkins back? They play at Chicago, which... I mean, the Bears really uh, not much, not much excitement there Mm-mm. at all, uh, and really, it's a bunch of crap. I mean, you look at the spreads. I mean, Arizona is an eight point favorite. Tampa Bay at Atlanta, they're an eleven point favorite. Indianapolis is at the Colt, or excuse me, at the Texans. That they're a nine point favorite. Phillies laying six and a half at New York. Miami against the Giants, favored by three. And the Dolphins are getting hot right now, James. They are. Uh, they definitely are. And, you know, this was a team that kind of maybe overperformed last year. But as much as I've told you, I don't really trust Miles Gaskin. He had another two touchdowns last week. So from a fantasy perspective, I could certainly get on board with him. And then as we just talked about, I mean, look, I'm already a little nervous about taking the Bengals because they, you know, do I want my own team to break my heart? The Dolphins are a team that I have not used in Survivor, probably more often than not. Nobody has because they've only won five times, but they get the Giants, who are definitely coming off of uh, um, an ugly performance with that change at quarterback or at, not uh, at coordinator. And now, if they have a change at court- quarterback too, I may have to start thinking about the Dolphins because they do look a little tasty. And as that number grows, well, maybe my decision grows. Yeah, the more you think about it, the more you're going to screw yourself. That's for correct. Sure. We have four games in the late afternoon slate, uh, including, I mean, they did flex the Denver-Kansas City game here instead of San Francisco. So thank you, the NFL, for that. But uh, the Niners and Seahawks will play at 425 Eastern. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. And be anxious to see how the Steelers bounce back from that butt whooping they just got at Paul Brown. And, of course, the football team's in Las Vegas. That's the sort of spread of the late games. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorite off that big Thanksgiving Day win. The uh, the Washington football team traveling on a short week uh, out west, so that is interesting. And then the Rams, probably the biggest spread of the week, minus 13, hosting the Jaguars, who haven't really shown much of life here, dude. This is a good opportunity for maybe the Rams to get right because here's a team, James, that um, – I thought they were going to do better than they did last week and seem to be in a little bit of a funk here, a team that uh, a few weeks ago I would have said was my favorite in the NFC, now fighting for wild card positioning. Did the Rams really disappoint this week? I mean, they went to Green Bay and yeah, they lost, but they were in the game. It was a shootout. I mean, I think you know Stafford did have another big turnover, but he also threw three touchdowns. I think he kept his team in it. I didn't think they were terribly disappointing. I know they lost, but I didn't think they were terribly disappointing in in that potential NFC championship matchup. Yeah. I mean, it was all right. It was all right for fantasy, I guess too, but 
I don't know. I, I mean, you trade everything. You you move up, give up all this draft equity, and you're seven and four. Right? Expectations I mean, are higher. No is question. Is Matthew about Stafford it. really giving him that bigger of a result than Jared Goff in the standings? He's not. And I mean, this Von Miller move, the defense since it, I mean, they, they, I mean, they're giving up thirty plus in two of the games mm-hmm. he's played there. So it's like you mortgage your future for what? I guess that's what I'm left scratching my head about. Uh, so we shall see. Denver at Kansas City, flex to the night. And as much as I want to write off the Broncos, they're still in it here. This is a oh, yeah. big game in this division. It's a big game in the AFC wildcard pitcher. Kansas City's at home. The defense in particularly, I think, has really snapped out of its funk. But, I mean, they're laying 10 points, dude. That seems like a pretty big spread for a team that has problems covering it. And, of course, the game of the week. Finally, on Monday Night Football, we've got a game of the ages, at least uh, the best Monday night game of the season for sure. The Bills hosting the Patriots, the battle for first place, and and they played one other time after this. But that AFC East, everybody was crowning Buffalo the champion of as October began. As December begins, they're looking up at the – the longtime champs, the Patriots, under a new quarterback and Mac Jones. And I mean, this game has so much uh, interest to me. Now, the biggest thing is Buffalo's without their best defensive back for the rest of the season. Trayvon Diggs mm-hmm. going out with that key injury there. Yeah, losing Diggs was big time. Or uh, uh, White. Tra- uh, Tra- yeah, Tredarius White. White. I'm sorry. Uh, Got the count. Because I'm thinking, wait a minute. I have him on my team in our fan. In our, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, dude. Like, I was thinking Buffalo right. and Diggs and great uh, DB season there with the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, that's okay. Very, very, uh, very okay. No, I'm with you. Um, the only thing I can say about that Monday Niner, Dan, is well, my girlfriend let me watch it in Cancun while we're on the beach. Yes. Well, will you- <laughs> I hope so because I would have much rather watched that darn game last night instead of that snoozer. Um, but I, I, I got a feeling that I'm going to find a way to be watching that game one way or another. I promise you that. Yeah, and if not, I mean, you're still where you're at, so it won't matter. I'll tell you all about it when you get back. Yeah, anyway. I hope it matters for Survivor and Fantasy because this is actually the first week of football, guys, uh, playoffs, and two of my three teams are in there. So let's hope it matters big time, actually. Yes, yes. Good luck to you and all that, my friend. Uh, So it should be a fun week ahead. We've got you set on the waiver wire. We wrapped up last week. We'll wrap up this episode with a look, a first look at some player props. We're going to head over to Thrive Fantasy. We invite you to do the same. They've got a $40,000 guaranteed contest for week 13. It's $20 to enter, and first place takes home $10,000 in cash. Also, be sure to check out that prop lobby. Get great multipliers, two, three, and four player prop parlays. And with Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate countless hours of research focused only on the top-tier athletes with the biggest impact on the game. Best part is you're getting 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code FANTISTICS. James and I have been going head-to-head all season long. And uh, last week was pretty embarrassing because it was the first time on the show that neither of us, with our at least our three main picks, put one on the board successfully. So... Uh, neither of us should get to pick first this week, James, but, uh, That's since, fine. yeah, since you've got the season long lead, my friend, uh, and we tied in the previous week, I will let you have the first pick in our weekly pick on this, the $40,000 guaranteed contest slate over there for week 13. And just so you know, I think I had like three right in each of my entries that I put in. That's hilarious. I put in two entries I actually and I had got a- goose egg on my props. Oh, did you? No, yes. I had a very good week, very good week on my prop parlays, and it could have been even better. The only one I lost in the uh, Sunday afternoon slates of the four I placed was the one that I missed by one point with Joe Burrow in there. 
On, Ouch. And he didn't even play the fourth quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. if the dude would have got another, it was like eight-tenths of a point because I was betting uh, uh, fantasy points. But uh, anyway, let's let's get into the picks, and I'll let you go first. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just go with the game I think is going to be full of offense, and that's Bengals Chargers. Joe Mixon has been an absolute beast as of late. And I would have just assumed that he's going to continue to do so. Well over 100 yards rushing in each of his last two games coming out of the bye. They get a matchup with the Chargers that looks pretty tasty. The total is 80.5 rushing yards and over is 110 yard, or 110 points. I feel like the under should be 110 points. I'll take the over, 80.5 total rushing yards. All right. I, uh, I'd love to see you hit that one for sure. And Mixon, I mean, he has been so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, hard to disagree with that. San Fran's at Seattle. And, uh, you know, there's a game, James, that, I mean, Seattle just looks broke right now. I told myself whatever the prop was <laughs> on Russell Wilson this week, I was going to go under on it. And I look at this prop, and I don't know if I love it, the two and a half total passing touchdowns plus interceptions. But I like the way Sam Fran's defense playing. But better yet, I like the under 120 points they're offering up here on Thrive. I'm going to go Russell Wilson under two and a half total passing touchdowns plus interceptions. It'd almost be easier to go under one and a half total passing touchdowns without the interceptions. But I'm with you. Russ looks terrible. Um, there is no real other way to put it. He does look absolutely terrible so far this year. So I'm with you there. Um, where did my prop Kirk Cousins? That's where I'm going. And I'm going to go over his passing touchdown total of one and a half. My thought process here, and you're right, Madison is good when he plays, but Detroit is, uh, is a bad team. I expect Minnesota to put up some points more than Chicago did in that game on Thursday night. And the, the Vikings have looked pretty good offensively. They continue to put up some points. So give me over one and a half total passing touchdowns. It's 90 points. I'll take that side. Kirk Cousins. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, I'm again, looking to make up some ground, get some points here. And I like, I like the way this one lies up. Lamar Jackson, 250 and a half passing yards versus Pittsburgh. Uh I mean, you never know if Lamar is going to get his through the air or on the ground, but I do know that this Pittsburgh defense has been giving up points galore. And I realize they've been through a lot of injuries and COVID situations and stuff, but again, over 105 points. I think it's a one I like. I like the over more than the under on. And so I'll take the advantage here and I'll take Lamar. I'm going to go to Seattle as well, and I'm going to take DK Metcalf. Maybe I'm trying to put a reverse jinx on some fantasy love that I have for him. But if he's not going to get more than four targets in a game when they're losing and they're all late and dra- like just absolutely desperate, San Fran's a better team than that. I will take under the, the, the touchdown total of .5. It's even money either way. I'll take the 100-point under half a touchdown for DK Metcalf. All right. All right. Uh, keeping along with my theme of trying to, to look where the points are, I'm going to go Terry McLaurin over 75 and a half total yards. The Raiders, their defense has actually been pretty good. McLaurin didn't do much on Monday night. Had a big game the day before that. But I like the way Taylor Heineke's playing right now. And I like the over 120 points here. So Terry McLaurin, let's hope he gets to 76 yards for me on this one. And he'll get the targets to get you there. Whether or not he produces, we'll see. But he's one of the top targeted guys in that offense no matter what. I gotta make I'm, I'm, I gotta make my ice pick now, Dan. And I think I'm just going to take one that I think is easy money if we have to get to it. 
Melvin Gordon finds the end zone a lot, but I doubt he's finding it twice. I'm going to be, I'm going to take the easy under 65 points in his 1.5 total touchdowns. That's rushing and receiving. Melvin doesn't score two. I'll take the under. Fair enough. And I like how you've ripped that off now two weeks in a row from me, dude. I did that a couple <laughs> weeks ago and I haven't been able to get it back on my ice pick here. Well, there's, there's some other uh, easy money ones. Maybe <laughs> not as easy as 65. I hope it doesn't come to that, by the way. Yes. I'm going to go under six and a half catches on uh, Gronk. I, I got his Gronk man crush on as many of them as, as anybody here. But And I mean, that's complete opposite of your theory because it's only 85 points. But Gronk getting the seven catches doesn't happen very often, especially in a game where they're pretty big favorites. I don't think they have to pass that much in. I feel you there. Yeah, I was actually looking at the Tom Brady uh, completion, thinking that they would just dump the ball to uh, Leonard Fournette a ton and go under there. So I was looking at that one to pair with it myself. Yeah, so there's our picks. We'll give you more. Be sure to catch us Saturday. We'll be back with Fantastics Insider Football Sirius XM this Saturday only, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, a bonus hour of us. And, uh, of course, you can keep up with the podcast all all rest of the season long will be dropping on Tuesdays. Next week, it'll be Skeeter in. James is out. He'll be, as he mentioned, on vacation. So I'll be uh, signing off to you on Saturday for for sure, James. But for our podcast-only listeners, they send you your best. Uh, oh, I always, you know, I hope you make it back, dude, because you might just stay down there and say, you know what? I'm just going to, like, chill here. This is going to be my spot. I always worry that you just stay there. As long as my mom's alive, I won't do that. But I'm telling you that that's a possibility after that. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, you know, you, you do what you do. You could do it in a lot of places. And That's uh, correct. So, But enjoy yourself, my friend. And uh, for all of you, we hope you enjoy this week as well by winning your fantasy matchups. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, to name a few, insiderfootball.com. Until next time around, for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Thanks for listening to another edition the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.